0: Um, I'm gonna, I know there's not a lot of time here left, but I, I, I need to share some testimony. Um, obviously, supernatural things are happening. I see this when I travel internationally. I've been praying on my hands and knees, on my face before the Lord. Lord, let it start to happen here in, in, in Windward Center here in Canada. And uh, it's starting to happen. And I'm excited because I'm not doing it. God's doing it. And your faith is ushering it in. It takes faith to usher the stuff in. And so uh, I, I'm going to share a little bit. Last Sunday, I think it was a couple feathers. We call them feathers, whatever they are. They could be lint. It could be from a bird. It may be someone's down-filled jacket. Four of them fell here right now because actually a bunch of us checked the floor in advance to make sure there wasn't any. And now there's Four. There was three, two, then a third dropped, and now a fourth dropped right there, and I'm thinking, hey, if it's the young girl that was standing here, and she has a feather jacket, she's got a hole in the jacket, like she needs it to be sewn, right? But I don't believe that's what it is, and uh, things are happening, so, you know, last Sunday that happened, a, a rock, a stone showed up, and, and then Tuesday night, we did uh, Learning Kingdom Culture, every second Tuesday night, it's a free course, you can come, and we just talk kingdom, we, we learn about kingdom, questions and answers at 7 o'clock every second Tuesday, so not this Tuesday coming. But, so last Tuesday night, who in the room right now was here and heard an audible whistle? Just stand up. Okay. And there were more, okay. So, um, but some of them are working or not here. So just keep standing for a minute. So I start to share. I'm starting to teach on Kingdom Culture. I, what am I, maybe five or ten minutes into my teach? And a whistle... I hear so loud, I would have thought that, you know, when you, uh, you talk, I can't even do it, you talk in a you know, whistle type of a sound, but it actually hurt my right ear, and it was loud for my left. Now, quite often, I'll hear things in the spirit in my left ear and not my right, but this time, it was loud in my right ear, okay? So we're thinking, and so I kept talking for a few more seconds, and I stopped and I said, did anyone hear that whistle? Because I'm thinking maybe it's just something supernatural going on in me, and so I thought, man, I should ask everybody, did anyone else hear it? Every single person that was in this room, whether you're in the front or the back, heard a loud whistle. It's a very interesting whistle. It was like, almost sounded like a check mark or keep going for it. You know, kind of a, you know, type of a whistle thing. And, uh, and I say this for a reason, whatever it was. But I do know that as I continued on teaching, my son-in-law and my son were sitting there. And all of a sudden, a, a feather looking object, let's put it that way, <laughs> appeared one at each of their feet. And I thought, oh, that's intriguing. And so then I saw a little bit of like a, a, a stream of light, like a little flashlight right about in this area. And I thought, that's strange. And the next thing I see, and I correct me if I'm wrong, Jen and her husband are standing here, and she sees a feather floating down, falling. Now I see a, a spot of light. And then I didn't see anything after that. She gets a feather that fell down. Uh, John Lowe is sitting over here, and, and when I'm closing in prayer, he's got his head forward with his eyes open to the ground praying, and there's a long hair hovering a few inches behind the chair, but just floating like this. And so he thinks it's a spider web. And so he grabs it and looks at it. It's a long hair. It happens to be pretty much the color of Jen's hair. So after, this, after the meeting, he walks over, talks to Jen, and, but the hair is like way thicker than Jen's hair. So it didn't, and Jen was never over there. And so John gets a hold of me the next morning, all excited and says, Pastor John, and says, Brent, like, this is what happened. And I said, it's crazy when you're telling me this one of the first angels I saw had long reddish, reddish fiery hair about this long. So what are we doing? So that was Tuesday night, and I'm probably missing a few things. Last Sunday, oh, and the rock, another rock showed up on Tuesday. I've got it on my desk. Just a little pebble. And, uh, and so the, I don't understand the rock, but that's good. At least it's the word, right? So, um, but last Sunday, when this is all happening, Justin's sitting there like this. Something showed up with Ike. We don't know what it was. It looked a little bit like a closed fuzzy or something, but whatever it was, he picked it off his leg, if I am correct, and he brought it up. And Justin's like this in the presence. He puts it into Justin's hand. But I want Justin to come. You guys can sit. I want Justin to share something here briefly. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm just doing my thing, right? And I comes up and he's like, look at this feather. And I was like... I was like, okay, cool, bro, you know, like i <laughs> just sitting here, and then Justin, the important thing is, yeah. he just said, I'm doing my thing. What's your thing? You're pushing it. Yeah. You're going after I saw you going after yeah. it. Yeah. Like, this is happening, so he's doing his thing. I just want to get the quotations correct. What is the thing? The thing is a passionate hunger for more. I know this man before he was born. I prayed over him. For nine months in his in, in, in mom's womb, so I know who he is. And he was hungry, and so was Chris. They were hungry for more. So was Oniel. All these young adults are hungering for more. They're kind of making us look a little embarrassing sometimes. Okay, and so I'm sitting there, and Ike comes up, and he's like, "Hey, look at this feather." And I'm like, "Yeah, cool, man." And then, and then I got distracted. I haven't told him this, but I got distracted because I saw I saw a sparkle on his hand, but it was like a big sparkle. And, and so I like lost my mindset on the feather and he's trying to put this feather on me and I'm just focusing on this sparkle, like what's going on? And then right away I looked over onto my hands and this sparkle started forming on my hands and this gold dust. And so I just kept on pushing into it and I went and sat down I kept on pushing into it and, and then after a while I started getting this oil this oil on my hands and stuff. And so at this point, I'm looking at Chris. I'm like, dude, is this me or is this like, actually happening? And Chris is like, no, bro, He's like you got stuff on you. And he, he smelt it. And he could literally smell the tangible oil wow. off of off my hands. Yeah. So. Okay. Okay. So right you. Yeah. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. You don't, you don't have to be sorry. Oh. Okay. <laughs> but. What we do is we come and we talk to somebody and say, "Hey, this is happening," but right now we're in an excited moment, so we're not going to say this is the structure. Yes.
1: So I'm right behind Justin, and I'm seeing, and it looked like his hands were soaking, wet, but I guess it was the sparkles, and and and, and I did come up after and and smell them, and they I smelled the perfume on his hands. Perfect. But Son, I I'm watching advocating. his hands, I'm here, and I'm praying, and I got really wet hands, and so then I thought, okay, I've got to put my hands on somebody, so I did myself. And then, and then I went over to um, Rod and, and laid hands on him, but uh, I, I thought, we've got to use these hands.
0: Come on, come on, come on. <laughs> so these things are happening, and I felt so strongly when I was in Russia a few weeks ago that I have to go after that supernatural realm again. And I told you the testimony last week, last Sunday. If you weren't here, go look on YouTube on windward.ca. But... Um I, had, I felt I had to push in for the supernatural encounters, and I got in my hotel room on, my floor, on the floor, face down, and I went after God, and I had a huge visitation. I think it was either that night or the next night, and a visitation, and two angelic realms appeared before me, and uh, one was called power, and one was called authority, and uh, they spent about four hours, and I'm, am I, am I dreaming? Sure, whatever you want, doesn't matter. Is it in my mind? Yeah. Did it really happen? Oh, it's up to you if you want to believe it, but I know what happened in my life. And really, your perspective doesn't really change what happened to me. It's my testimony, and it happened to me. So was I awake? I know I was awake. I looked at the time. I turned the light on at the bed. I know exactly I was awake, because every time it happens, I always make sure, am I sleeping or am I awake? And if I'm awake, then I'm there and I'm involved with it. So, so these things are happening. So this Tuesday night teachings, it happened. On Friday, I, we gathered the eldership of the church together. We uh, went into the prayer room, the fireside room here, to pray, and we met, we talked, and we prayed. I get a text message, and it says, Chris. Now, I'm thinking it's Chris Hicks, okay, from uh, Alberta. So I thought, I'll just wait, because we're right in the middle of prayer, and the meeting is not finished yet. And when I, as soon as we finished, I quickly looked, and it ended up being Chris Castle, my son-in-law. And, uh, and he sent me a picture, and I'm going to ask him to come up and share what happened to him Friday morning here, downstairs, while he, was, while he was laboring, serving, painting. You know what it's like for one man to go downstairs and paint 7,000 square feet? Can you imagine if 10 came?
2: Ooh, okay. Yeah. Um. <laughs> it's thick up here. Um, So, Friday, like I said, he was saying, I sent him a text. So that morning, I'm down there painting, and um, my niece, um, my sister, her third baby is on her way, so I'm getting text messages all morning. Um, She's having the baby, everything that's going on with that. So I walk over, um, I have my phone on the, if anybody's been downstairs, there's like a sound booth down there, like a little sound booth. Where um, So I have my phone down there, because I have my music blaring and stuff, because I'm having fun down there painting. And so I check my phone. Um, and then I set my phone down and um, I walk away and I come back and um, on the table, let me get my phone here, sitting right there, where there, was, where there was nothing before, was a, wow, I can't even say it, a feather. So I'm freaking out. <laughs> because it wasn't there. And you weren't wearing, you weren't wearing a feather jacket. I was wearing a sleeveless No
0: birds (laughs) flying around.
2: Nope, no birds.
0: In the basement. if that was a bird,
2: that's an awfully strange bird. Um, But no feather was there. And so I'm freaking out. So I'm like, all right, I'm gonna push into this. I'm gonna find out what's gonna go, what's gonna happen. So I turn off. Um, I'm listening to just, you know, like, Christian hip hop, like KB and stuff like that. But I was like, I'm gonna push in to see what happens. So I put on um, Jake Hamilton and, and like worship music and start really pressing into it and stuff. And I'm like sitting there praying while I'm painting and all of a sudden, all around the room from different angles of the room, I start hearing whistles. Just from all different points. of, room. And I know it's live because there's a difference in the sound that comes through a speaker and there's a difference in the sound what's right next to you. And it's all from different angles of the room, just whistles all over the place. I'm falling on my knees. I'm freaking out, trying to figure out what's going on. And um, the Lord says, go look up what whistle, whistles are in the Bible. And I was like, okay, let's find out what this means. And he directed me to Zechariah ten eight, And it says, I will whistle for them and gather them, for I will redeem them, and they shall increase as they once increased. I will sow them among the peoples and they shall remember me in far-off countries. They shall live together with their children, and they shall return to me. And it just, it just messed me up, guys.
0: Yes, whistle is in the Bible. I have studied the word before, and it's powerful. Many times it's the rustling of the winds. You know, if you're ever in a gentle wind and you actually hear the rustling same, same word used, whistle can be an audible sound of a whistle, like when the wind's really blowing and things start whistling through the trees, as well as the gentle moving of wind when it starts to rustle mm-hmm. things. You can't see the wind, you can hear it, and you can see the effect of it. And that's what's happening, it's the wind and the word. Rustling, <laughs> blowing together. So last Sunday, I started ministering a bit on on power and authority and the diversities of it. I'm going to briefly share a bit of what I shared last week to to hopefully finish up today. And if not, it'll go to the third week. Um... Also, something I wanted to say, uh, MPJ Ministries in Columbia, um, they're under the Windward Banner. Uh, they're connected with Ed and Carol Barron and New Beginnings. And, and just be in prayer too. Ed Barron. Um, one of his sons is in Oregon getting eye surgery today, so, or, or this week. So just be in prayer for that. Um, but I just got back from Columbia last week, and um, absolutely powerful what God's doing with our... It's literally a, a mission raising up young people to be missionaries to go into all the world. That's their whole function. It's just powerful. Anyways, they have a big need, and um, they bought a pickup truck for the ministry. It's a a crew cab pickup truck, a small one, and they really needed it because their vehicles kept breaking, and and they needed reliability. So this takes food to their their outreaches and people, and they'll cram people in it and everything else. Anyways, uh, they bought it in faith, and they paid half of it, Um, Out and uh, March is the deadline for the second half. So just let you know they need $7,000 US Um, And so just open it up to businesses to people you might know Um, uh, We're gonna just spread the word and say hey, it's a mission organization. They're they're actually really good They're part of Windward and uh, we've known them and what they do is the real deal. They're not extravagant wealth what they are is sleeping in tents and ministering through buses for 40 hours sometimes, going to Peru and Chile and Argentina and Bolivia and Brazil and Guatemala and Honduras, and they do it all with, like, uh, they rent, they buy a bus ticket because it's, like, so much cheaper than airfare, amen? So just be in prayer about that, Uh, yeah. So from the beginning, God provided man with power and authority. Adam and Eve had power and authority. They had power and they had authority, and the thing that that is really the most critical part between power and authority is actually authority. And so my interpretation of what I try to call authority is uh, an intimate intimacy relationship. So you can have power as a gift. Everyone's gift creates power. So everyone has been created with a gift in the five-fold ministry and the nine gifts of the Spirit. Everyone has one. Even unbelievers have them, which is how the world uses and gets ahead with visions and dreams, and, and people get very wealthy with it. They're the gifts from God operating, okay? And so you have a gift, and probably the, in, the, in the church, one of the greatest gifts that you see is from an evangelist-type person. So they evangelize and they preach the gospel and you see signs and wonders and and people come running for the signs and wonders. Uh, And that's what an evangelist does. That's what their gift does. But I've also been a part of relationships with, with evangelists and ministers of the gospel that have tremendous power. Signs and wonders are happening but have lost their authority. They lost their intimacy with God. So you can operate in a gift with power that's by a gift that God has given to every one of us. But what he's looking for is really not the power to operate. He's looking for the authority to release the power. So, authority, again, I'm saying is intimacy, relationship with God. I can have power in my marriage, but how do I have authority through intimacy with my wife? Through a relationship. So now we co-labor with authority. Each one has a separate power that we've agreed to come together, separate giftings. But through their love for each other, the covenant that Sharon and I made 30 years ago, we have authority in the covenant, not just power. You understand what I'm saying? That authority is how we raise children. And they see us as mom and dad with authority. They sometimes think I have a little bit more because if mom discipline didn't quite work, it was wait till dad gets home, and they're like, no. Anyways, so many people think power and authority are the same, but they're not. The Bible clearly distinguishes the two realities with Jesus, by which people would marvel at the power he displayed and the authority he carried. The power he displayed, but the authority he carried. But many in the church seek power. They seek power. They want the signs and wonders. They want the miraculous. Someone comes in who's a healing evangelist, They'll fill the building because people are looking for the power. But few seek authority. Power is 124 times in the Old Testament, the word power. 117 times in the New Testament. So almost equal Old Testament to New Testament. But authority, that's a different story. Authority was only mentioned 23 times in the Old Testament. And exactly three times more, 69 times in the New Testament. Three times the increase in the new covenant for an intimate relationship with God. That's what Jesus did on the cross when he rose again. We have power, but do we have authority? You can walk in a sign, you can be a sign, but do you walk with an authority, and intimacy in the relationship with the Father? I quoted last Sunday, Mark 2, 9 to 12. I'm not going to go there, but if you weren't here, write it down. Mark chapter 2, verses 9 to 12. Uh, it's where he talks about the paralytic. And, and, and is it easier to say, your, your sins are forgiven, or is it easier to say, rise up and walk? And what does he do? He says, rise up and walk, because the people would see power, but they weren't believing he had authority yet. Power is part of authority, power operates in a gift. Power is like a muscle, you must exercise it, you need to exercise it. Power is demonstrated with signs, but that doesn't always mean because a sign happens that the person is carrying the authority. I literally have very close relationship with ministers that were literally living in sin behind the scenes, yet had some of the greatest revival, miraculous meetings I've ever seen. How does it work? Because they were working in power, but they had left the authority out. And you know what? They didn't last. Their ministry crashed. Dictatorship is power controlled by someone, and all, always others will lose the freedom. So power is like a dictatorship. Dictatorship uses power. They don't use authority. They use power to get authority. And they do it by using fear. We call it a controlling spirit. The power is to create the authority that they want to have, but the authority they're looking for is all about themselves. It's a controlling narcissist spirit. And it's so often prevalent in many people's lives and probably in some form in all of our lives. So you have have a controlling spirit which co-lives and labors with a narcissist spirit. They live together. Some of you are looking at me, what is a narcissist? It's excessive interest or admiration of themselves. And think that the world revolves around them. That's narcissism. Hitler was one of them. A lot of people carry it and aren't aware of it. But how's the best way to get healed from something when you become aware of a problem in your life? Then you can step into repentance Forgiveness and repentance and come out restored stronger and better than you ever were before. So narcissists will always have an excessive interest and admiration of themselves. They're going to think they are the gift, they are the big speaker, they are the one, or they are the controller, or they know it all. That's a narcissist personality. You could be really, really smart, but when your know-it-all attitude always brings identity back to you and that's why you're a know-it-all, then you're a narcissist. Narcissist. And they think the world revolves around them. I'll tell you what it looks like when you walk up to an average person. And as soon as you start sharing your testimony, they're chomping at the bit to stop you and share everything about themselves. (laughs) What a happy message, eh? It's okay. I added the narcissist part this morning. Uh, The Lord just spoke to me so clearly and I added it. A narcissist will always use power to get false or controlled authority. Narcissist is a controlling spirit. It will always see it first in others and accuse others of being narcissists. (laughs) I've been called a narcissist before. And you know what? Honestly, I would have probably said it right back to the people. (laughs) Because I would have seen it in them. And you know what? Hey, it helps us reflect on ourselves. And it probably was. In some ways, we all have a little bit of this in us. But we should have less and less because Jesus had none. They'll always accuse others of something they actually have the problem with themselves. Now, authority is power, but it's through relationship. So power will control you into authority if it's used without the authority of God. So power will be like a dictatorship, a controlling spirit, a narcissist personality, and they will always defeat your freedom to get control so you will see that you need them. So if I come to you, and I'm always looking at you, and I'm controlling over you, everything I say and do is dictating to you, controlling you, so you have no way to think about anything different, that's a narcissist personality, but that's power looking for authority. But authority, let me say this, power looking for authority. Who's Satan? Does he have authority relationship anymore? He actually has none, but he has power. He has power, but he has no authority in the kingdom of heaven, none. So he's a dictatorship, narcissist, controlling spirit. And he's trained all his little demons to be the same, to try to get into your mind So you will actually hand over the authority that God has given to you to freely choose between him or hell. And when you freely choose the Satan Satan or the demonic realm or sin in your life, what you've done is you've actually handed God-given authority over to the enemy to, to now give him authority in your life with the power that he already has. But you see, if we don't give the authority of God over, or authority that God has given to me, if I don't give it over to the enemy, he only has power, but he has no authority. And since he has power, he can do things, absolutely. Anybody ever connected with mind reader, tarot card reader, the true Ouija board people, these guys are prophets. And they operate in power. But you know what, the only authority they have Is eternal damnation with hell because that's the authority of the devil. It's his relationship with himself and his demons and the, the guaranteed future is hell. But you see, if we're a believer walking in power and we have authority, the intimate relationship with Father God and us, which is what Jesus Christ did, was to open up the door of relationship back to the Father so we, through Jesus, can glorify the Father. In everything we say and do, it glories the Son, Jesus, but it it excites the daylights out of God. So when we walk with the power that he's given to us and we increase the relationship with him, we start to have authority with power instead of a power looking for authority. And there's so many people, itinerants, there's ministers, there's preachers, who don't have their own understanding of who they are. They they lack identity. And so they're actually using power many times to create a congregation or to create followers or especially to create finances to support them. But you see, when you walk in authority then your power isn't looking to create finances. Your power is under the authority of God, and God owns it all anyways, and things just happen without me having to strive for it. That's why Satan has power, but he has no authority in the kingdom. He has no authority. Jesus declared, all authority in heaven and on earth is given to him, is delivered to him, and he gives it to whom he pleases. Matthew chapter 7, verse 28 and 29. Authority can only be through relationship. Matthew 7, 28 to 29. And so it was, when Jesus had ended these sayings, that the people were astonished at his teaching, for he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. You see, the scribes had power. They controlled the church. They controlled the religious Pharisees, the rulers. They controlled them, but none of them had authority. And so they actually, the testimony of Jesus, the testimony is saying he taught them as one having authority and not as one having power, not as the scribes. Because this Bible knows that authority is way more important than power. Power is a gift that is given to you and must be exercised daily. Samson had power and authority. His hair was like a relationship promise with God. I know I cut mine off. (laughs) I always say Sharon rolled over and snipped it at night, but that wouldn't be good, right? So no, no, she didn't, she didn't. So here, Samson is a strong man. He has power. But in the covenant relationship, when God says, let your hair grow... When his hair would grow long, what increased his power? Authority. It's a relationship, it's a covenant with God. Everyone wants power, but very few people understand authority. The fivefold ministry power is most often seen in the physical realm, possibly through a gift of an evangelist. Authority is actually way more important than power. Unlike power, authority is not a gift. Power is a gift, but authority is not a gift. It comes through relationship with God who has all authority. You want authority? He has it. You want more authority? Go to Him. He's the giver of it. Your authority is only as deep as your relationship with the Father, through Jesus Christ, empowered by the Holy Spirit. If you're a Christian who is bored with your walk with the Lord, you probably have never experienced God's kingdom power and authority. Because power comes and goes, but authority is a covenant for life. Oh, you know, sometimes you just feel, remember 10 years ago, 12 years ago, or two years ago, I had such an encounter with God. It was a preacher speaking, and it's like I couldn't even stand, and I, I hit the floor. And I'm like, okay, so you experience power and maybe some authority. But your authority never changes. It can only increase unless you start walking away from the hunger of more. I experienced it ten years ago, and why aren't you experiencing more now? Why was it ten years? Why is that, why is so many people's testimony more powerful than the life they're living now? Because you don't understand authority. I'll say it in another wording. If the main part and thrust of your testimony is what happened years ago, then you're not experiencing the authority of the reason of the experience. The experience was to draw you closer to him to see more and do more. It's always for more. God is never saying, experience me so you can become less. He says, experience me so you can become more. Just remember, power you can do. You could heal the sick with power. If that's the gift of the healing that you carry, you can do it. And in the background, be in sin. It's a terrible thing. But you see, God created us with the free will of authority. But we have to make the choice. There's two authorities. One is His And one is yours that you choose to give to the enemy. See, the devil doesn't have authority. He has power. And so when a demon-possessed person walks up in our meetings and they go down, and it just happened uh, early this year, and they were manifesting, and the leadership is in front of a thousand people, and the leadership said, hey we should we should get them out of here i said no just leave them i said actually i said they were grabbing them to get the girl out of here out of there i said stop stop but she's screaming out profanities and all i said just okay so just stop don't haul her out the presence is here it's made her manifest and so is the authority and i kept preaching for about 2 minutes more and she went completely quiet then she vomited then she went quiet and came back to her right mind I didn't go after her like I used to, jump on them, four men, holding this girl down. Jesus, get out,
1: demon, get out in the name of Jesus, get out. Hey,
0: I never saw Jesus jump on anyone yelling for four hours, get out. It's okay, I mean, it worked. Many of us did it, Hey, eh, Ike? I mean, how many of us did this years ago? And some are still doing it today. But I found a new way of deliverance. It's actually called authority. It's the intimacy and the relationship with God. I was ministering in Russia just a few weeks ago, early, early, early January, and, and I talked about healing. I said, someone's getting healed. And, and well, but I was right in the middle of my message, and I just kept praying. I said, just grab your healing and kept preaching. Keep, actually, it was a power and authority message, the ones that I, it delivered to me. And I just kept preaching the power and authority, and you know what? She felt the tumor disappear. And so the next morning she runs to her doctor, gets tested, and he verifies and says the tumorous cancer is completely gone in your body." Now, I didn't go after her in power. Oh,
1: come on,. you. It
0: Oh, I've been there, I did it. Believe me, I've done it. I just never saw Jesus do it in Scripture. Matter of fact, the only one of the Scriptures that comes to mind of of the seven sons of Seba running in to cast out a demon out of one person, they went in in their own power with the name of Jesus. They just didn't have authority of his name. And what happened? One demon beats them up, rips the clothes off, and kicks seven of them out. That didn't work well, did it? If you're bored with your Christian walk, you probably have never moved past your own experience. If we get bored with our Christian walk, then your past experience is as far as you've gone. But there's more. There's more. There's more. So much more you have the ability to develop a special relationship with your Heavenly Father. And through this submission of obedience, you will receive more of His kingdom power and authority in your life. And this authority will give you dominion over all powers that are counterproductive to God's purpose for your life. You see, this kind of authority that I'm talking about, this relationship, and you say, oh, it's just a relationship with God. Yeah, it's kind of like always oh, praying for something to happen when God has already said it's happened. He's just looking for you to believe it. The authority I'm talking about will give you dominion over all powers that are counterproductive to God's purposes. This kind of relationship I'm talking about will give you power over all the authorities that are against, called the antichrist spirits. Oh no, it's just gonna be one big antichrist come. You know what, antichrist spirits are relevant, alive and real today. Any thoughts that come into your mind that are not thoughts of God's kingdom and who he would be thinking about would probably be antichrist. Because if they're not bringing you into a relationship, an intimacy, an increased authority with God, then what are the thoughts doing? Well, you say, well, what about my job? I got to think about my employees. I got to think about my business. But can you imagine what those thoughts would be like if you were experiencing high levels of his authority in your life and in your business and in your jobs? I've been there. It's amazing. Businesses back then just quadrupled <laughs> by tapping in, not to power, but tapping in to authority. The intimacy with God, the intimacy with Christ, the intimacy with the Holy Spirit. Willing to believe whatever those white, fluffy things are, they had to be a sign. They're either a sign to bring me closer to the devil or they're a sign to bring me closer to God. Well, I pretty much guarantee you that the devil's left this building long ago. It fell out of someone's jacket, whatever. I used to think the same way. Oh, the person's up there getting prayer for their headache. We don't even know they had a headache. And all of a sudden they healed. How can the same person comes up every Sunday for prayer and it's a headache? And every Sunday they get healed. I, I, I had those thoughts. I'm a logical thinker. But I had to make a decision many years ago and say, you know what? Who am I to judge their testimony? If they say they had a headache, who am I, Dr. Brent Borthwick? Actually, a ministry said I could become Dr. Brent Borthwick if I just went to one more conference with them because of all my seminary training. I could have become an indoct, in, in honorary doctorate. But I thought, you know what? I don't really care about saying doctor on my business card. They're, everyone's gonna come to me who's sick. And I'm like, nah. Go to Jesus, he's a better healer. I say this because it's so vitally important because right now you're hearing it, but are you understanding it? If you're understanding it, then you have to choose wisdom so you can have understanding, which is knowing something. But wisdom is applying it wisely in your life. See, Jesus is called the man of wisdom. Why? Because he knew it and he also applied it. In his life. The demonic has has power on earth, absolutely, but no authority in God's kingdom. So don't give them your authority. Oh, oh, oh it's a big demon. Oh, we gotta get a hundred intercessors right now praying. Let's go after this stronghold of the demonic. There's a hundred of us need to pray. This one's a big one, guys. We better go after it. Uh, uh. As big as a hundred intercessors. Oh no! It's the demon of addiction! It's so big I'll never win the war! With that mentality, you're not going to win the war I guarantee it. You will always be in war. But you see, Jesus came to set you free. Not actually be in war. The only war that is available to you right now is It's the battle of your mind. It's the battle of your mind. Well, the rock probably fell out of someone's shoe. Ah, yeah, been down that road. Whatever, it just happened to pop out of the shoe at the perfect timing. Like that one. It wasn't there before. It's a little white rock. Like that one, you know the one that came out of the shoe whatever (laughs) because if we're looking the explanation is human then it's called unbelief yeah but I have to know if it's true or not I'm a word preacher absolutely I'm all about the word of God but there's an awful lot in the word that I cannot explain to you with all my seminary training it's alive it's
1: alive
0: it's alive the living word of God that's kind of like explaining what my kids are going to do ten years from now I can't explain what God's going to do I know one thing it's bigger and better than anything you or I have ever seen I'm sorry I just opened it so I'm just sort of looking to see if it makes sense (laughs) yeah I just opened it yes of course my bookmarker's there but I've got multiple bookmarkers you see actually my leather Bethel bookmarker. So what, what is it you want to conclude with here, Lord? Help my eyes to see the small print in the Bible. Oh, Thus says the Lord to his anointed, Now you get the anointing? Thus says the Lord to his anointed one, to Cyrus, whose right hand I have held, to subdue nations before him and loose the armor of kings, lose the armor of kings, to open before him the double doors so that the gates will not be shut. I will go before you and make the crooked crooked places straight. I will break in pieces the gates of bronze and cut the bars of iron. Those are the gates that man has made. I will give you the treasures of darkness and hidden riches of secret places. verse, good scriptures. Isaiah 45, it goes with what I taught a few weeks ago for the new year, that we're in a season of plundering Egypt, that we're leaving captivity behind, and we're taking with us the gold and the riches that Egypt stole. Mm. The Lord just corrected me. Egypt didn't steal at all many of my people. in business because I am good and I am in control because I am gifted because I have a narcissist personality that was me back in the day I gave all the fame to myself for being successful in the business world Son to my Father let's all stand Gideonites had to make the way for, for 35,000 Israelites to defeat 135,000 Midianites. Why don't we become windwardites? I like that. Are you a windwardite? <laughs> Some of you just need to laugh once in a while. Even the doctors now know it's it's good it's good stress relief, it's good healing for your body to actually look for the joyous things around you. Because you know the heavy things, they, they just really defeat you. Why don't you just laugh your sickness right out of your body with joy of the Lord? you know that flu what you just say I'm tired of the flu flu (laughs) you're just dumb flu I don't need you in my body Psalms talks about the Lord sitting on his throne laughing at his enemies actually laughing at his enemies (laughs) devil (laughs) you're just a useless little thing you got power in your own little mind you don't got the authority of relationship that I do Oh Brent, you're stuck on yourself. Actually, no, I'm stuck on Him. It's called God. Jesus didn't walk around this earth without showing authority. It aggravated the power seekers around Him. It drove them nuts. It drove them to where they hung Him on a cross. Because he came not for power, he came to bring back authority to the church, to his bride, and that's what we're after. And so I pray, Father, today, right now. What is the date? J- January twenty-seven, two thousand and nineteen. Man, I remember the seventies and eighties thinking about the year two thousand. Now we're in two thousand and nineteen. right now, Lord God. If there's anyone in this house who does not know you as their Lord and Savior, that they receive you through faith right now in Jesus' name into your li- into their life, Father, I pray. And if you're uncertain what that means, you need to talk with us. If you're online, you get a hold of info at windward.ca. We want to hear from you if you need Jesus. Family in the tribe of Windward to the family of God, the bride of Christ. I ask, Lord Jesus, that they don't see me preaching here today, but they see you, Father, and they hear your words. Because what I am speaking is not for me. Themselves, then they're preaching to people and expecting them to be something that many preachers aren't. Should I wind you up? Go into the gift with power right now and wind you all up? No. The thing with God is you just don't have to wind him up, he is as wound as wound could possibly be. He is ready every moment of the day. Today is about intimacy. Today is about relationship. Today is about a father, a son, and a Caller. But there has to be people listening to receive the call in your lives. So I pray, I'm going to stand in the pool. I don't care. I'm going to stand right where these four feathers are. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. So I ask you, Lord God, whatever you have for us. And I hear him say, I have so much for there's a part of me that wouldn't mind dying in his presence right now I'd be okay with that imagine dying physically in his glory I'd be just fine with that to be honest with you eh? so father we intimately go after you whatever that might look like we intimately go after you father Just love His promises. His promises are yes and amen. Two or three are gathered in His name. He's there with us. That's His promises. They say yes and amen. He's here. So awesome, He's here. His glory's in the house. It's in the pre- His presence is in this place. I, I guarantee it. I I have more guarantee of that than we're standing in a building. Yeah, we're standing in a building, but this is just physical the supernatural it it just it dominates and surpasses the physical it just why would we want to go after the physical I'm just tired of going after the physical we got to go after the supernatural I'm going to start preaching a lot on I do a lot of preaching on supernatural I just feel like I got to get into a a pattern right now of flying in the supernatural again it's like we just got to go for it enough of this talk about the past the good things that happened before Today I felt so clearly that we're not to pray to birth revival. God spoke to me clearly when I went down to the prayer room today. He said, you're not actually birthing revival. The revival is already birthed. So now you have to raise the revival and steward it wisely. Oh, we want to birth more. No, actually you don't. It's already birthed. Now, now it's a huge responsibility to raise the child. It's a whole different commitment to now raise the child. That's what God's calling us into. That's why he's called people to this house. That's why more people are on their way. He's called gifted people. You know some of the people that are in this house could run their own churches many times over, and they've chosen to come and be a part of this house. The Lord told me that people, when they start traveling from afar to come to become part of this family, watch what my spirit will do, says the Lord. And people are traveling. They're traveling from far to come. I tell you, to me, it's humbling. It's not prideful in any way but it makes me a happy son of an amazing Papa. Every revival, it was always brought into existence. Notice I didn't say birthed. Every revival was brought into existence through prayer and hungry people that didn't know what to expect, but they were in expectation of something. Because I don't know what to expect. I have no idea what it's gonna look tomorrow or a year from now, but I know one thing. If we're hungry going after it, it's gonna be good and it's gonna be God. Our back doors going out of this place, they fog up every time we get all sweaty in here. Probably the sweat of the spirit. And I love it. Someone was writing on it. There's a big heart that says, love. As one of the young people, I'm sure. Sometimes we have to listen to the children. Have faith like a child. It's all bathed in love. And so I pray right now, Lord God. We are hungry. Mm. Viruses and flus. You don't deserve these bodies in Jesus' name. Every person here in this place, you don't deserve any level of sin in your life. You're better than that. And so we speak the goodness into your life right now, which will absolutely expel the sin in Jesus' name. We cry out to you, O Father, O Holy One. We cry out and we say, this is the day that you have made. And in this day, we rejoice and we're glad in it.